So today we have Dog and Francie, Dog the Bounty Hunter. Listen in as celebrities and amazing people share how they use their influence to change the world. Dive into their stories and discover their passion to keep living a legacy. So today we have Dog and Francie, Dog the Bounty Hunter. Uh, welcome joining us at Living a Legacy podcast. And we're so excited because Dog, everybody knows who you are. So we're looking forward to talking with you, hearing some of your stories, learning about uh, your romance with this pretty lady next to you. And I've got my bride next to me. So Catherine, and we are excited and welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. And we're also excited. We're yes. Thank you so much for having us. Yes. Be here. Absolutely. Glad you're glad you're able to make it. You know, everybody's heard of, of dog, but a lot of people, you know, what I do before before I do a podcast is always just put out on social media and I say, hey, if you could ask this person any question, what would it be? And we get some fun ones. Um, you do. <laughs> and, and dog, you are no exception, my friend. You were no exception. I thought this was a C Christian rated show. <laughs> C rated. A rated. Yeah. Oh. Keep it family friendly. That's the right. Part. Um, but I also didn't know who he was when I first, before I met him, like I had no idea who he was. So not everyone knows who he is. Dog, how did, how on earth did you get into bounty hunting? How did that become your calling? Well, that was in the 80s, 1981. And I, uh, knew I had just left Texas prison. And while in prison, I helped save a guy that was running. So I got the nickname Dog the Bounty Hunter instead of Dog Disciple, because I was a member of the Devil's Disciples. And when I got, I realized in prison that this, I could probably do this for a living. Mm -hmm. And uh, I never had a rotten heart or a black heart. So I didn't cross over that line ever, no matter what I did. So to do something like that, most bounty hunters used to be bad guys. Now they're good guys all through the Jesse James and Billy, the kid and all that. And I thought, you know, this could, I could fit right into this world. And so in 1981, I started bounty hunting. You were a kid that, that made some, not always the best decisions, I'm guessing, but how did you go to prison in the first place? So I was, again, a member of an outlaw motorcycle club. And one night, four or five of us went uh, hunting. Before we went hunting, we stopped to get some pot. So one of my brother's disciples went into Jerry's house to buy some pot, and they got into an argument. Mm. So my brother had a shotgun stuffed where none of us knew in his jacket. And when he pulled it out, Jerry, the victim, grabbed it and shot him in the shoulder. So my brother came running out of the house. Uh, He was bleeding, too. And on the way to the hospital, he said, I barely hit him in the shoulder. So I went back over there, saw Jerry still alive. He said, the cop said, who became my friend, 
Detective Love said, who did it? And the guy said, the devil's disciples. Well, was it dog? Because I was standing right there. He said, no, he wasn't here. So I went home. They took him to Amarillo, 50 miles away. And 6.30 in the morning, the radio went off. My alarm to go to work It said, dog disciple is being sought for the shotgun slaying massacre of Jerry Oliver last night in Pampa, Texas. And four devil's disciples along with him. And so I went to trial and because I was there back in the seventies in Texas, I should have called the police. And because I was there, five of us fell for first degree murder and Texas murders 99 years. It's the number one, as you know, you're from there and the death penalty, the number one. So for someone to get a five-year sentence was in, impossible. Right. Yeah. Scott. And so, uh, while in prison, I was inmate counselor and you couldn't be a Jesus freak or you get stabbed and killed. But I did the Mother's Day prayers and, you know, I counseled inmates when their when their their mothers or fathers or uncles or aunts died. I became warden's uh, right hand man, so to speak, because I became his his barber and he trusted me. And one day they Beautiful came hair. Yeah. yeah. And one day I got five years in a day in hard labor. And one day, 18 months in, the warden came to me and said, we just heard the story. You were in the car. You never lied. I said, no. He goes, well, we will miss your birthday, Groundhog's Day. But four days later, you're out of here. Wow. So then he got out. And your your faith is a big part of, of who you are. It is. Did you... Did you become a Christian while you were in prison or was that before? When did that? No, the, you know, not to disrespect guys that do because where sin doth the bound, where there's a bunch of sin, grace much more does. So where there's a lot of sin, there's a lot of God. So some of those guys like 3% make it when they get saved in prison. But I was raised uh, Pentecostal from birth. And as a mother, a grandma that was a preacher, I am a long line of prophets on the women's side of my mother's family. Mm -hmm. Seven, eight, long line. So I got it instilled in me as a young child. And then, of course, uh, got in my teens and joined the devil's herd. But always knowing that I better repent before I go to sleep or say the blessing or say silent prayers. It's God. I can't believe I did that. Lord, I'm so sorry. So I never had that rotten heart, that black soul. I never got that. Thank God. But mama tried. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Sounds like a song. (laughs) And a movie. Yeah. And then the other question how did you guys meet? So I'll, <laughs> I'll break it. Just, the main, just the main points. Because in this eight month period, God was moving mountains and heaven um, to bring us together. So I had no idea who he was. And I was in Arizona uh, with uh, my friend, oh, with Sparkles. And, (laughs) and I have a friend in Arizona that has a ministry there. 
Um, her name's Katie Souza, and um, she does a lot of pr prison ministry and a lot of healing ministry. And so I lost my husband, my former husband, to cancer seven months before dog lost Beth. Wow. And so I was down there with her and Sparkles was prophesying over me that she had saw a video on YouTube that Beth had passed away two days prior. And so she started telling me that God had given her this vision that I was supposed to meet dog, the bounty hunter. So I told her she was nuts. And so we had this whole, no, you said, who's dog, the bounty hunter. <laughs> I did say who's dog the bounty hunter. She showed you a picture of me. And I said, yeah, I don't know who that is. And that guy needs a haircut. <laughs> Aw. So hair. he does have gray hair. Yes, he does. I don't think he needs a haircut. Everybody Not gave now, me a you, really hard time about that. For you a did while. back then because she had no yeah. idea who I was. So right. <laughs> and then Paige is like, I think you're gonna meet this guy. She's in Colorado. I'm in Hawaii. How could we meet? She's a redneck. She's like, no, <laughs> no, he needs a haircut. That freak. And so keep <laughs> I going. didn't say that. You thought that. No, I don't say that. Cause you that's not think true. Ooh, la, la, did you? No. Okay. <laughs> See. So then we got, come home from Arizona and two months later, there's Bob and I had an excavating company together. And I still had his phone on and there was three messages on his phone, but I just wasn't calling people back anymore. It was too hard. And so um, I erased the first two messages and then the, la the, the third message starts playing out loud on the speaker. And while I'm half listening to the message and then half wondering, how is this happening? That this is playing and I hear the guy say, this is Doug Chapman and I'm working, I'm looking for Bob and I'm trying to erase the message. And I hear him say, my next door neighbor and my really good friend is Carlos. And Carlos was a client of Bob's. And I was like, oh, I should call the guy back because Carlos doesn't know that Bob passed away. Yeah. And so I called the guy back from Bob's phone and I asked for Doug and in this really gruff voice, he says, who's this? And so I say, this is Francie and you left a message for my husband, Bob, and I'm really sorry, but Bob passed away a few months ago and the guy starts bawling. And so I'm like, this is so nuts. First, the message is playing out loud. Now this guy's bawling over Bob. Who's, who is Doug and why is he crying over Bob like this? And so then all of a sudden I hear him take a deep breath. And then he says, my name's not Doug. It's dog, the bounty hunter. And everything Paige said to me in, in Arizona was playing like a movie in my mind about how I was going to meet him and how she had this, all of these things that, you know, God showed me you, you guys are going to meet and you're going to do all these amazing things for the kingdom and you're going to change lives and he's going to use you together. And so all of that's playing through my mind. And, um, we ended up talking for about two hours on the phone, really just about Bob and Beth, what we had both gone through and where we were at. And he was only 
a couple of months in, I was seven months in. And so we talked about all of that and you're heartbroken. Yes, we were both grieving and he was, you know, violent. he, he was really in a bad place. And so violent. <laughs> we, so he asked if where I lived and I live, I lived in a, I've lived in a small country cowboy town in Colorado for 24 years. And I asked him where, and he asked me where I went to church. And I said, in Castle Rock. And he goes, that's where I live. And I'm like, what? This is so nuts. And so of course we, he he asked if he can call me back, if we can do coffee or something and talk again. And so I said, yes, of course, you know? And so of course, my first phone call when I get off the phone is to Paige and she's screaming and I told you, I told you all of this. And so then it's seven months later and I never, I don't hear from him again. And so she's really upset and, and keeps wanting me to reach back out to him and I'm still healing also. And yeah. so I had no interest in doing that. And I only told uh, four people, like four people that I talked to him. And so uh, one of the ladies also lot that I told was a close friend. She also lost her husband to cancer five months after Bob. I lost Bob and I was walking alongside her. And so she uh, calls me at three o'clock in the morning. And that didn't surprise me because I have gone and picked her up like at that time and and during her grieving and she kept saying this isn't about me it's about you and I couldn't wait any longer to call you I've been waiting to call you and so she was watching Bethel music on YouTube I love love Bethel me too and a dog the bounty hunter interview pops down on her feed and she's like randomly Yes, just randomly. And she's like, Bethel music, dog, the bounty hunter. I don't know about that. So she watches the interview and he's in California, not even in Colorado. He's in California and he's doing an interview on Fox news. And the newscaster says, so she sends me the video and tells me to, to go uh, to four minutes and 40 seconds and start watching from that point forward. And so I do. And the newscaster asks him, dog, you're about seven months into your grieving process now. And, um, you know, we just really feel like you've helped, you've helped so many people. Is this going to be a part, an extension of what you're doing, helping people that, you know, are grieving. And so he says, it's so funny that you say that because I called this dirt guy, Bob, and his wife, Francie, calls me back. And we had this amazing conversation with each other. I think we really helped each other. And I think God's going to use us together somehow. So I start bawling. I'm like, why are you crying? And <laughs> so, of course, you know, there. I call Paige and I call my friend Christine back and they're all just like going nuts. And um, it takes me another week before I actually do reach out to him again, because I'm like, this is crazy. 
like, God, is this really you? Or is this the devil trying to trip yeah. me up? Oh gosh. <laughs> I had a plan of where I was headed. So a week later, I do reach out and I send him a text message and we end up meeting and getting together. And then um, we yeah, met. Y'all never actually met at this point, right? No, no. And then after that, we had met once. And then it's so amazing because um, I didn't know what to expect because I had never watched the show and I, I didn't really know anything about him or, or who he was. And so when we met um, and he stood up and shook my hand, God just literally gave me this download of his heart and um, how he had this warrior heart and how he had a heart like David and um, how loyal and honest he is and just started downloading all this stuff to me. And I was just like, I'm trying not to start bawling when I just meet him uh, because I wasn't expecting that, right? Because Paige told me um, he's a bounty hunter. He beats people up and arrests them. Yeah. And then he throws them in the back of their car and pours, pours Jesus down their throat. <laughs> so, which I think is so cool and gives them a cigarette. Yeah, and gives them a cigarette. Okay, that's cool. Um, and so after that first meeting, he went to California and was looking for a guy who was threatening to kill him. And it was Beth's last um, bond that she wrote. And yeah. so that it was a big deal for him to catch him. Yeah. And so he was gone for a month. And so we built this relationship and this amazing friendship like so quickly over the phone and we started having these phone conversations from at night, at night all night long but all about bible stuff yeah and how do you believe this and what about yeah. the spirits and on the holy ghost and what about tongues of interpretation and do you like do your people like let snakes bite them and think they're oh, gonna come out of it, stop it. <laughs> Is it Pentecostal snake biters or Pentecostal, <laughs> you know, uh, upper rumors? <laughs> upper rumors. <laughs> upper rumors. So, so we built this amazing, and, and my spiritual mom says all the time that she feels like God was collapsing time during that time because we bonded over our grief, but then this amazing friendship was building and so it was so incredible. So by the time we did get together a month later, we had built this incredible friendship and we knew, um, we knew I said that, and we both said, um, I know people really struggle with that. A lot of his fans really struggle with um, him saying, you know, I said the same thing, but I didn't say it on national TV and interviews, but that we would never get married again. And in our broken hearts and in our grieving and how hurt we were, that is how we felt then. And it is what we thought was going to happen for our life, that we would never um, give our hearts to anyone. But when, when you are in this place and, and you give God permission to take it all, because I got nothing left. And without you, I've got nothing. And I don't have anything left. And so when, when we get to this place and we really turn our lives over to him 
and we're willing to let him, let him be in control and let him be the guide of where, where we're going in life. And we open our hearts to him first. God, he's capable of anything. And so when, when, and I said it in our wedding vows, what we thought was the end actually is just the very beginning. And so we, either one of us believe for one minute and Bob wrote me, um, five letters and he had them mailed to me after he went home. Oh, that's like a movie. Yes. And all the letters that he wrote me are filled with all the things that he wanted for my life. And we talked about it a lot. Um, and so I knew what, I knew what Bob wanted for me. And both of us know that, um, Beth even shared with dog about God has a plan for your life and you have to go chase that. And so we both know that, that, that is, we're supposed to be exactly where we are. And we opened our hearts to God first and, that's how we were able to allow that love again in. But if we don't, if we shut so many, I, I have been so blessed to talk to so many women that are widows since Bob went home. And that's the thing that I really encourage them to do. Open your heart to, uh, to the Lord, let him in and let him heal your broken heart first and then allow him to work what he has for you. We all have a destiny. I believe that with all my heart. And I don't believe that after we walk our spouses home, that our destiny is over. God knew it already. He's the all present, all knowing. And he already knew that that was going to happen. So he already had a plan for, for where we were going to go if we're willing to chase after it. Yeah. Yes. I love that. So true. And, and y'all's story, you know, I had, I had a chunk of people that, that, you know, that was one of the message and, and there were some that were, uh, you know, more verbal than others about, you know, how could you can't, you know, one of the comments, of course, you can't replace Beth and you can't, right. You no, can't replace I, Beth. You can't no. replace Bob. That's, That's not right. what it's about, but, it's but I was able to explain, which is what this podcast is doing right now is how the Lord brought y'all together is such an yeah. amazing story. And it's not about replacing anyone because, you know, yeah. there were amazing, wonderful people and a lot of people love Beth and they still do and they should. Right. And I'm sure a lot yeah. of people love Bob and they should, yeah. um, and they love y'all. And, but to see how y'all's story came together, there's no denying it to go, wow, that's an amazing story. That's a God story. Yeah. And- Know that God brought us together because of what we went through and because he's, he turns everything for good. Mm -hmm. So if we turn our pain into our purpose and allow him to use it, um, that's our hearts. Now we want to help people that are hurting Mm -hmm. and we want to use what we went through for God's purpose. So we can help people that are hurting and broken and have no hope. And so I, we believe that that's a huge part of why God brought us together is that we can, we can reach people that other people can't because of where we've been. Yeah. That is, 
and what we've gone through. That well, is such and, an incredible calling. And thank you. And uh, you know, I'm kind of like in the court system in my whole life. So as I take, you know, the passing of Beth and Bob, and the Bible says, I do not want in Genesis, way back in the very beginning, God said, God said, God said, I do not want a man or woman to be alone. That was a whole idea, Eve. And then God said, if your spouse passes away, you may remarry. So a lot of people can wait 10 years. I waited too. A lot of people can wait a lifetime. And guess what? They're lonely. And I can't be lonely. I have to have someone that is a partner in my spiritual life, in my physically fit for me and everything else. So I uh, absolutely do not feel guilty about it because uh, I know that if I would have passed away, Beth would have stayed single about 30 days. <laughs> so <laughs> that's not true. She'd have married the highest bidder. Stop it. I'm Maybe 35 days. So, <laughs> so uh, and she did encourage me, you know, said, uh, like Bob did, Francie, you were dying. So get out there, go. You're not dying. We are. So, you know, so if you just, I mean, it's whoever uh, acts like that would, I pray would never have to go through that to see what they would do because it is uh, the, one of the, the worst of all, all enemies of God. The very worst thing there is in the world is death. So is a spouse it's, it's or death. a child. Yeah, yeah. A, yeah, a family member, yeah. yeah. Death is the number one, the last one to be whipped and the worst of all. So yeah. to face that, you know, is, is hard. But because of the Lord, uh, you know, if I wouldn't have the Lord, I wouldn't be where I am today. I want to be a soldier and fight demons and <laughs> go to other planets. And, you know, we get all that. Yeah. You know, we get some really crazy, God, I don't mean to say, honey, I don't mean it like that. God's nuts, bro. He is that <laughs> them soldiers and them. Hey, they're crazy, man. That what's that thing called? Like a pit bull he carries with him. What's it called? Cherubim. A cherubim. Those two things next to him. He, hey, he is a nut, right? Yeah. So I want to get it. wicked look when you, you read about yeah. him. You're yeah. like, I don't, I wouldn't want to see one of those in a dark alley. Well, <laughs> I feel like also is that the people that have the worst things to say don't know what we know. Um, They don't know what we know about the fact that Bob and Beth are home. We were not created for this world. This is not our home. And we are going to go through some hard, terrible things here, but they're in the presence. Like they are literally all day long. They are in his presence and they are our biggest cheering section right now. And we know that that's true. And I just don't feel like everybody understands or, or knows what we know about the truth and, and about heaven. Okay. And it yeah. is okay. Yeah. It's okay. It's sad that people want to say hurtful things, um, but it's, it's okay. It's okay. They just and, don't understand. And, and, and yeah, and they won't always. And, but it was amazing as I gave a couple of sneak preview of what I learned from you guys when we were together a few weeks ago. Uh, and just telling a few of their story that that had chimed in and said, you know, no, how, what do you mean? And and just tell them, 
without, without exception, the response was the same of, wow, that's an amazing story. You know, and you told even more of it today that I hadn't heard before. Um, Cause I didn't know that Paige had said something even way back when I just knew of, you know, dog calling the house and then being on TV. Over a, year, over a year from her saying that, right. It was about, about a year before we ever met. It was about eight months. And I just yeah. wanted, I come home from an, uh, the doctor with the operation on my head. And so I, saw a text from her and I thought, you know what? Uh, I believe this bandaid on, she's a Christian lady. You know, I could, so I met her at the coffee shop. And even then I thought cowgirl boots, all that, no way. <laughs> you know, no, she's a country girl, right? That's and right. A, and a widow. And I yeah. thought, you know. God's chosen. Yeah, uh, you know how the Bible <laughs> talks about widows. We gotta be cool, right? That's right. And so even though I was a widower, a widowee or whatever, widowed it, that I was not going to even like look at her with any kind of lust. And so then when I went after this killer, she said some scriptures. So I started calling her and realizing, you know, this might be my last hunt. This might be the guy. Every time I looked at his mugshot, I heard the devil say, I'm the guy going to get you. And so I knew with Francie, this lady I met that could pray and send me scriptures, that I had a good chance of getting to heaven if this was it. And so <laughs> then I came home and I lived and I came home and and now what? And then I said, you know what, would you like to maybe like go on some kind of date or something? And she's like, and I thought just for somebody to talk to, tell her the story about this guy I just got. And she said, well, if you'll go to church with me. So I thought, you know, I knew she's Pentecostal and I was like, sure. So I go into this church. She tells all her partners, shut up. Don't even look at him. Well, I just, I did not. I, <laughs> I, He's I fine. Told, don't look at him. I told, no, I told everybody like, ahead of time. Don't make a big deal out of dog. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Just let him come and be here. Uh, and he had already shared with me that. He doesn't like to take pictures at church. This is God's house. Yeah. And so he right. just doesn't do that. And so I just asked everybody, like, just, just let him be here. And I didn't really know at that time where he was at in his background, like as far as if he'd be okay with all of that. And with so the Pentecostal deal. Yes. So and the, so the night charismatic. I, the night that I yes. called her for coffee. This is very important. I got lost that night in the snow, in my car, the doctor driving home, couldn't see. So I pulled my truck over. Hmm. I draw a circle yeah. with my boot. And I said, this is sacred ground. And I go in there. I'll never tell anybody, even Francie, what I said all the way. But some of it was like this. Now, for 40 years, guys threw up in my lap. And I told them about you. I didn't get paid for that. My name is Dog. Your name spelled backwards. I need a woman. I can't live like this. I can't have a partner. I have to have love and sex and rock and roll. Stop it. And I need, Stop I need. It. Maybe in that order. I don't know. And I said, Beth's in heaven, you know, dancing with Michael and the angels, looking at God's great big, huge computer. And I'm down here every day dying. I said, so I'm just asking you right now, please, man, 
So I look up Adam and Eve, how God brought Adam, brought Eve to Adam. And all of a sudden I see that I was wrong all these years. And I saw that Adam was completely asleep and God woke him up and said, I got something for you. Come look. So Adam woke up. God said, there she is. There was this beautiful woman. So I said, oh, you gave Adam Eve. That means that I all I got to do is depend on you to bring me a Christian girl. And I described I'm half Apache, so I don't want to say that I wanted a white girl. But so I described kind of what I thought I would want. And so I went home, forgot the prayer. So I go to church with her. In the church, there's a tongues and interpretation, which you understand that. So the pastor gets done with the tongues and starts searching through the crowd, you know, like, uh, what's a guy star wars well, let me like interrupt the star you. wars like <laughs> let me interrupt you for one second oh. because while the pastor was doing that he elbows me and he says that's my name in heavenly language and i'm like what and he goes i have heard my mom praying all my life all my life and that is my name in heavenly language and i'm like Oh my gosh. Because I'm so, here in the room and I'd say my sisters or brother, who's she praying about? You. And because <laughs> she did a lot. And so when I heard that name, I told Francie, oh my God. He's going to call me up. And I'm like, no, no he's, he's not. not. No, he's not. So he looks through the crowd and he looks at me and he goes, dog, come up here. Come up here. <laughs> now you got to imagine that I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out. I'm thinking, I, I, why this is a setup right <laughs> it's a setup i tell the preacher he comes at me like with his hands up and i said if you if you slay me in the spirit in front of all these strangers in this church i'm gonna knock you out you got that <laughs> and he goes i don't have to touch you to slay you and i go stop it <laughs> he wasn't scared a bit right <laughs> so, a, a guy in the front don't row say said, that, don't no. say that one okay <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> so then the interpretation was your life is going to change. What you've been, what you've been asking asked for, for, you're going to get. You're yes. absolutely right. So I go back to the pew where she's standing. When I first went in, I just kind of was holding her hand and she flicked my hand <laughs> off. I thought, okay. So I got back there and I could see she was crying. I was crying. And I grabbed her by the hand and squeezed it. She squeezed mine. <laughs> And then still it didn't hit me. And then they did a worship song and she put her both their hands up in the air and started doing the real slow and praising the Lord. And all of a sudden I heard the Lord say, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> there she is right there. And I said to my mother in heaven, oh my God, mom, look. <laughs> What's her name again, mom? It's Francie. So right then I knew right then, oh my God. Right. So then I went to the show, the first date, Jamunzi, we saw, and I told the guy, don't let anybody in the theater, but me, brother, you got it. It's my new girl. I'm checking her out. And so the brother was a vato through the whole show. No one came in. I'm he, like, he stood there. How 
are we in here all we were in the whole movie theater by ourselves and he stood there. i was like what's <laughs> happening here but what gave, is going on i gave 100 bucks we left though but so i knew that that was the first miracle they're like seven theaters in a row at a mall how do you keep at eight o'clock it was earlier than that, right? No, it was later. I it think was, it was like nine or ten. It was oh, late. Was it? Yeah. I thought it was cowgirl rules early. <laughs> Get her home before sundown. <laughs> That's right. We got animals to feed early. But, so then, you know, we went from there into, uh, you know, from there into love and blah, blah, blah. So there's no way me being in Hawaii, her in Arizona, you know, I, what, what Paige said was, three or four times to you in a, in that week. I'm, I hate to say this, but I just want to bring up Dog the Bounty Hunter again. Francis, no. would you shut up? Stop <laughs> it! You said your, your antennas, what did you tell her? Your God antennas are twisted up, yeah. man. No, <laughs> that is not correct. I do not receive that. <laughs> she was right. And I do receive it. <laughs> so talking about like your faith and y'all, y'all, because you, you two are working together, right? So how would you say that your faith has influenced the way that you've been a bounty hunter? And then what are some, what are some stories of where, you know, that's really had an impact on, on your ability to, to do your job or just some so before he, neat story. So we were at our rehearsal dinner the night before the wedding. And one of the guys that works in the kitchen in the amazing Italian restaurant that we were at came out and asked if he could share a story um, in front of everyone. And so, of course, um, we did. And Dog had arrested him 10 years ago, mm -hmm. 10 mm -hmm. years ago. And spoke to him about how much God loved him. And how, how Jesus could change his life. And he needed to turn his life around. He got the backseat ride. Yeah. And so that stuck with him when he went to jail. And he accepted Christ when he was in jail. And Dog had turned his life around. And um, he his kids were back in his life. He was working as a cook in this restaurant. And it turned his whole life around. Yeah. So wow. it's, it was so amazing to, for him to share that story, like on our, re at our rehearsal dinner, it was wow. so awesome. That is amazing. And what yeah. a gift. Exactly. Like, wow. Well, yeah. I prayed, you know, to God, if you uh, basically forgive me for being there that night at the shooting and being an idiot, I'll, you know, turn to you, but I want to be able to really help people. Yeah. I want to be able to see through them. And I want to be able to know what's bothering them. And I can't find these guys just because I'm Apache. I need the Holy Spirit and yeah. you can find these people for me. And every one that you give me, you want me to find. Yeah. Every one that I find is because you sent me to them. Yes. So I want you to do it. And I had, I've said many times once on television, I couldn't find this guy for 10 days. And I said the prayer for live TV, God, you're going to look really funny next Tuesday. If we don't catch this guy <laughs> and by whatever day, right away, we caught him. So I, my shows, you hear me say, 
you got to go left, right, or you have to go here or he's there because God gave me what I asked him for, you know, and I, it's not hard to be a Christian. It's hard to be a sinner, man. Nowadays, dang, it's tough. You know, it's tough to be a sinner. And if Christianity is not real and none of this is real, then we just die and forget it all. But you feel so much better about yourself and loving the Lord and loving your people and loving your friends and loving your fans with the love of the Lord with you. So it's got to be absolutely real. Yes, yeah. I agree. So, and the, he has the most amazing discernment gift. Um, what the things that God shows him about people is so incredible. And it, and it is amazing how when he calls something out in someone, even if it's something hard that, that they don't want anybody to know about, it is incredible how God uses him because they literally will just pour out their heart to him. Dog, I'm struggling with this. You're so right. Um, it is porn and I, I can't help it. And I'm trying and all this stuff and they will just pour out to him. It's so incredible. And to watch him pray over these guys and encourage them, uh, is so powerful and who wouldn't want to be a part of that. So I love it. Wow. Well, and when you, as you know, you're married and when you hook up, you may not know this, but you, because I, Playing with God's like a chess game. Okay, you make the right move. Aha, gotcha. And so the Bible says when God gives us like you, me and you, a Christian woman, and we love her and honor her, that we automatically get a favor in the eyes of the Lord. It don't say that about her doing that to us. It says <laughs> if we do that to her, we're automatically get God's favor. I need all the time God's favor. Mm -hmm. I must have favors from God. I've got to, or I can't make it. I must. And I didn't know that before I got into the marriage, you know, with Francie Chapman, <clears throat> I started studying why I felt so much different with this particular marriage and what was really going on. So when you become as a, a, a braid, a three cord with the Lord, you become as one naturally in the natural, mm -hmm. our body chemicals we share, we become as one absolutely. And spiritually, you know, not only can she read my mind, but she also has discernment yeah. that I've noticed her having. And I also see her, see her being, a really strong leader with uh, everyone. You know what I mean? So that's very important for a woman and a man to be non-equally yoked. And what that means is that if you believe in God, don't marry an atheist. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's that. If you marry, so I'm noticing the 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 marriage it's is the, strong. Yeah, with, it's the strength. Right. It's stronger with someone by your side than it is all alone right yes 100%. well and we're, we're praying together and we're praying for each other communion. and we're we're praying yes we take communion together all the time and we're praying about our destiny and what god has for us and where we're supposed to be going and where he wants us to be 
we want to be in line with his will. And when we're walking in that, in line with his will for, for each of us individually, and then for us together, we have favor and it's powerful and it's stronger when we're aligning with him um, and his will for our lives. And I also feel like God sometimes will put things on my heart that then I get to share with Eric and it, that it's really neat when too, then Eric's just like, oh, I've had that same, like God's been putting that oh, same thing on my heart. Yeah. And then, you know, it's just like, yes. Yeah. We're on the same page. <laughs> that is yes. that we get that too. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. You know, you know, I can read her mind. What are you looking at? Now then whatever. I saw you look at Francie, you know, and she can read mine. Do you bet French fry? You better not be <laughs> No, you know, we're, it's amazing that you say that because I've never had anyone say that before, but the, 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 the Christ love, the love between the mm-hmm. man and a woman through the love of the Lord is a lot better than the love of the lust. Yeah. Because if you don't have the Lord, then you're a luster. Mm-hmm. That's basically it's it. A, it's it's a, a flesh love. Yeah. Yes. A luster love, yeah. a lusting love. It's terrible to say, but. It's absolutely the truth. That realm of uh, trusting God and having a partner that does with you yeah. is so above. much more powerful. Yes. Talk about Brian Laundry and the search for him and kind of your thoughts on how that went. Or- well, we're waiting on a anthropologist test. We're waiting on a bunch of questions that have been answered. We're waiting on a gun that was down there, ballistics test. We're waiting on several other things, okay? No one knows. Uh, there's not been an official report yet confirming that's him. Well, guys, I know you got to go. Uh, would love to continue this conversation because we've got a lot more questions about, you know, communication and marriage and all we, that. But We would love to do that. Yes. So we will, we will make it to be continued. Okay. okay, that sounds great. And thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy your time today. And getting Thank the effort you so much. Right, we're pretty dark, too. We're getting dark here. Aloha. Love you guys. Thank you. All right. Thank Aloha. you so much. Love you, too. you guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Join us next time for another amazing episode of Living a Legacy.